The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I arrived at Marilyn's house in Brentwood, which is just outside of L.A. I pressed the doorbell. My heart was pounding because I absolutely had no idea what to expect. When her housekeeper opened the door, I was amazed. In front of me was a virtually empty living room. There was nothing in it but a couple of chairs. I put the tape recorder on the floor and was kneeling down trying to get it to work. Suddenly in front of me, I saw yellow slacks and a voice said, is there anything I can do to help? And so that's the way I met Marilyn Monroe, on my knees. Welcome to the final episode of The Killing of Marilyn Monroe with me, Jackie Moran. Over the past 11 episodes, we have journeyed together through the tragically short, stellar life of the woman who remains for many, me included, the greatest film star who ever lived. She seemed to be someone who had everything. She seemed to exude a sort of happiness and joy of life in her pictures. She became like a catchphrase. The guys would yell out, who do you think you are, Marilyn Monroe? I mean, that's how famous she was. She was the standard to be judged by. But she was also a woman whose own insecurities and abandonment issues, the product of a lonely, abused childhood in a succession of foster homes, led her to seek relationships with a series of powerful, dangerous men. Before she even reached puberty, before she was a teenager, she was sexually molested by one of the foster parents that she had. Any sense of her innocence was completely destroyed. She was turned into a sexual creature before she was a teenager. That meant psychologically that the only response she had to any stimulation from men was sexual. When Marilyn was being interviewed one time, she mentioned about how she used to have dreams about, as a child, being in church and walking down the aisle not wearing any clothes and just sort of being very proud of the fact that she was nude and wonderful and accepted and that she was proud of who she was. And whose sudden death on August 4th, 1962, stunned the whole world. In this final episode, we are going to examine Marilyn's impact as an actress and as a person. Look at the significance of her life and death for 20th century American history and ask the only question that now matters. Will there ever be justice for Marilyn Monroe? What has Marilyn Monroe got that a million other women have and prefer not to show? 
remember very distinctly the morning of August 5th, 1962, when it was announced in the media that she had been found dead. And I was crushed. I was nine years old. And the death of Marilyn Monroe was just something completely out of my realm. The idea that someone so alive, someone so vivacious and someone so famous could suddenly be dead. Marilyn Monroe's death was the first of four momentous murders that would come to define 1960s America and resonate for generations beyond. President John F. Kennedy would be killed just 15 months later. And almost five years after his assassination came the shootings of Martin Luther King and Bobby Kennedy. That Jack and Bobby were both lovers of Marilyn's only adds to the significance of her demise. That triangle changed American history because of the assassination of a president, because of the assassination of a presidential candidate, and because of the murder of a movie star that knew the intimate secrets, both Bobby and Jack. Now she is an enduring part of the American legend. What would the American identity be without her? The importance of Marilyn's position in American history is further added to by the other players in her messy final months. Mobster Sam Giancana of the Chicago Mafia, Rat Packers Frank Sinatra and Peter Lawford, and controversial FBI director J. Edgar Hoover. There were intertwined orbits of influence that indeed are so murky that I don't think anyone will ever know. Forces countermanding one another at this time, Marilyn Monroe knew she was being watched by the FBI, the mafia, and private detective Artash. J. Edgar Hoover was out to get the Kennedys. He was very vindictive about the Kennedys. He was taping Marilyn Monroe's phone calls, and he was also looking into Marilyn Monroe's relationship with the Rat Pack, with Frank Sinatra, with Dean Martin, with Peter Lawford, with Joey Bishop, with Sammy Davis Jr. He was looking into that because J. Edgar Hoover was business partners with Mafia boss Frank Costello in a racetrack in Florida. And as we discovered in the previous episode, it was precisely that dark and deadly web of power, corruption, and lies that led to her death. The murky, mysterious details of Marilyn's last day, August 4th, 1962, have fueled speculation for half a century. It was a death to cover up a relationship with Jack Kennedy, a relationship with Bobby Kennedy. It would have blown the Democrats out of the water. You would have never seen a Lyndon Johnson presidency if the real truth about Marilyn Monroe had been revealed. She slept with who she wanted to. She had affairs with who she wanted to. She was really ahead of her time. I don't think she's looked at that way, but she was taking her sex symbol image and giving an explanation for it, not making it a hollow, cheap thing, but making it a a position of power, a position of self-awareness. But Marilyn was more than simply an impossibly glamorous movie star or the sex symbol lover of president's men, rat packers, and mob bosses. She was more, even, than the centerpiece of all that intrigue, deceit, and power plays that came to define the political 1960s. 
In private, she could be warm and generous. She really could be a pal. She had an ability to turn herself into whatever anyone wanted. There's a story that comes directly from Ella Fitzgerald about Marilyn calling the owner of the Macombo nightclub on the Sunset Strip, which is very popular. And she said, if you hire Ella Fitzgerald, I will show up every night. And that's exactly what Marilyn did. So that was a big turning point in Ella Fitzgerald's career because Marilyn put herself on the line. And Ella said in her autobiography that she never had to play small clubs again after Marilyn stepped in for her and advocated for her. She had a boost in her career. She was also a natural comedian. She was very funny. Very funny. All of her friends that I talked to said, no one ever realizes how funny Marilyn was. She had a natural wit, and she often turned the wit against herself. And this was very attractive to everybody who knew her. And it was very attractive to the men. In this recently unearthed archive clip, Jack Lemon, who starred with Marilyn in the Academy Award-winning Some Like It Hot, recalls how, in front of the camera, Marilyn combined her natural comedic talents with a ferocious work ethic. What Marilyn had, I think, is she had a very good sense of comedy. Mm. There's no question. Mm. She also created this character herself, of her. I mean, the voice, all of this and that, that was was her. She, She was not a dumbbell. But behind the laughter and the glamour and the drive was a woman who was also remarkably unsure of herself. She was a very, very deeply unhappy person, much of the time with a death wish. And it's hard for people to understand that because when she was on the screen and in her photograph, she gave off such light and she made people feel such happiness that they didn't want to look into the darkness. She's someone who did have fears and insecurities like we all do, but she was so in the spotlight that she wanted to be the best she could be at all times. She was obviously astoundingly beautiful, but she was also very needy and she was a very damaged person. But I think that the mixture of the darkness and the light is part of her mystique and part of her allure, because although she's giving you pleasure, you also want to be her friend or you also want to protect her. Other children like to play with me because I could think of things. You know, I'd say, now we're going to have a murder, then a divorce, and then a... And then they say, how do you think like that? I don't know. <laughs> so other children, I, I could be um, myself with other children, but with grown-ups, I, I was always very quiet. Ultimately, it may have been the combination of all these qualities that led to her death. Marilyn's insecurities and broken childhood saw her seek out strong, powerful father figures as lovers. And her beauty, wit, and warmth made her irresistible to those men in turn. It was when the relationship soured and she tried to fight back or stand up for herself that sealed her fate. Perhaps the real tragedy of Marilyn Monroe is that only one man ever loved her unconditionally, and she pushed him away. For Joe DiMaggio, Marilyn Monroe was the love of his life. He really fell deeply in love with her. He really genuinely loved her. He will mourn her for the rest of his life. He puts roses on her grave for 10 years. 
Marilyn Monroe and Joe DiMaggio were only married for nine months before she filed for divorce. But DiMaggio biographer Jerome Sharon believes it is perhaps for that relationship, as much as for her other more controversial affairs, that she should be best remembered. We remember him not only as a baseball player, but as the man who desperately loved Marilyn Monroe, the only man who never took advantage of her. He never used her. He wasn't interested in her money and loved her desperately to the end of his life. When we think of her in the 21st century, we don't think of her with Arthur Miller. We don't think of her with Frank Sinatra. We think of her with Joe DiMaggio and the kind of enduring love that he felt for her throughout his life and and long after she died. And it seems DiMaggio was under no illusions as to where the responsibility for Marilyn's early death lay. Joe DiMaggio blamed the Kennedys for Marilyn's ruin and death. Joe hated the Kennedys so that when Bobby was running for the Senate, and visited Yankee Stadium and went to see all the baseball players, Joe would not shake his hand and turned away from him. DiMaggio was not the only person who felt that way. Even today, some believe the legacy of JFK and Bobby Kennedy remains forever tainted by their part in the killing of Marilyn Monroe. Here's private detective Becky Altringer. People are probably going to be mad at me for saying this. But I am a big believer in karma. And I told all of my clients, I always tell them, you have to let me do everything right because the karma will hit those people that are doing the wrong. Come on, John F. Kennedy was assassinated. Bobby Kennedy was assassinated. I believe, and that's just my own belief, that that's their karma. So, will there ever be justice for Marilyn? Part of the problem lies in the fact that of all those connected to the case, only former publicist Pat Newcomb remains alive today. Jack and Bobby were both killed within six years of Marilyn's death. Sam Giancana was gunned down in his kitchen in 1975. J. Edgar Hoover passed away in 1972. Peter Lawford in 1984. And Frank Sinatra in 1998. Housekeeper Eunice Murray died in 1994. And Dr. Ralph Greenson, the man who we now believe administered the fatal hotshot under orders from Bobby Kennedy, died in 1979 after a quietly distinguished career at UCLA. I do believe that Pat Newcomb knows a lot more than what she's saying, but I don't think she knows 100% of what happened. Because I believe that she doesn't want to believe Bobby Kennedy could do anything like that. She's not going to want to say she was a part of this. I mean, if she does know more information, I don't think she's going to want to say it. She's been quiet all these years. Who would want to say, yes, I was part of killing Marilyn Monroe? Pat Newcomb is not going to ever say that if she did know about it. I asked her if she thought Marilyn Monroe committed suicide, and her answer was no. The initial coroner's report into Marilyn's death recorded a verdict of probable suicide, which, as we have seen, has been widely discredited. 
In 1982, following public pressure, the L.A. County District Attorney's Office conducted a three-month threshold investigation to determine whether a criminal investigation should be opened. Their conclusion? That there was no credible evidence to support the theory that Marilyn was murdered. As of today, Monroe's death stands as a cold case. Now, I feel that the case should be reopened and the real truth should be known. Following the revelations and evidence uncovered in this series, a new inquest must be opened into the death of Hollywood's greatest star. And two actions could be crucial to proving once and for all what really happened on the night of August 4, 1962. The first would be to re-examine the body. The second is to see exactly what is in those sealed boxes Dr. Greenson has kept hidden in the archives at UCLA. I found out that there was these boxes, that there was all these different files that were at UCLA, and it was all from Dr. Greenson. These boxes were sealed, and they were sealed until January 1st, 2039. I'll probably be dead before they're sealed. And I tried everything I could to look at those folders. I mean, I even threatened to go to court and everything else. They just wouldn't let me. What evidence has been lying unseen in Dr. Greenson's secret files for 57 years? The answer could be crucial in finally securing justice for Marilyn Monroe. She doesn't deserve for the rest of history to say that she committed suicide. When in fact, I don't believe she did. Everybody that was born on this planet, whether they're living or they're deceased, their name should be cleared, okay? I don't believe that she committed suicide, okay? I don't believe it. When I was seven years old, my favorite was Jean Harlow. And the reason why she was my favorite, because she had white hair and I had white hair. When a beloved figure is suddenly gone, suddenly dead, they're sort of frozen in time. They become bigger in life than they were in life. I think that she's someone who appeals to everyone. And the fact that she died at such a young age of 36 really kind of freezes her in time. We don't see what Marilyn Monroe at the age of 60, 70, or 80 would look like. So she is frozen in time as this beautiful, somewhat vulnerable, somewhat clever, very amusing person we can't take our eyes off of. It's almost a magic, a kind of charisma that she had. Nobody could quite figure it out. And suddenly this magic, no one ever quite knew what it was. Every actress tried to emulate it. None of them did it as well. There were thousands and thousands of women who tried to do the same thing Marilyn did, but somehow Marilyn had a certain flesh impact on the screen that they didn't have. And she got noticed and they didn't. And because of that, she became the star she is. She was friends with everybody. She wanted to be liked, is all I could say. The easiest thing I could say, if in, in a one sense, this woman wanted to be accepted. She didn't realize who she was. Never did. Always thing I say about it, she wanted a hug. And she got him from the wrong people who took advantage of her. So many people loved her. Even people that never knew her love her and want to protect her. And they always feel like if I was the person who knew her, I could have saved her. 
This has been The Killing of Marilyn Monroe, and I've been your host, Jackie Moran. Thank you for listening. And as best young box office personality, Miss Marilyn Monroe. I said, I don't know about that. I only know I want to be wonderful. <laughs> the Killing of Marilyn Monroe is hosted by me, Jackie Moran. Executive produced by Dylan Howard and is a production of Broad and Water Studios and Endeavor Audio. Executive producers also include Tom Freestone, James Robertson, and Andy Tillett. The series is produced by Carrie Budge and written by Dominic Utton, reporting by Doug Montero. The series is mixed and engineered by Sean Kravitz and Sam Ada, scoring by Benstown. There is so much more to this story and you don't want to miss anything, I can assure you. Make sure you subscribe to The Killing of Marilyn Monroe wherever you get podcasts. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.